0: One, two,
1: three, four. I actually did a cold, cold message to uh, Larry's Market and told him about my product. And the owner, he actually contacted me right back and said, come by tomorrow. And so I dropped everything, walked into his store, had a meeting with him on the spot, and he accepted our product. And it was a huge you know, I don't I don't even know if they'll ever understand how much that allowed me to have the confidence to go to the next shop. It was a really sort of kind moment in my life and something that I, I don't take for granted and that I'm so grateful for. Because I think that a lot of companies just need to understand that when you do say that yes or when you do say that no, you could be really making a difference in someone's life.
0: Welcome back to the Well Now What podcast. I'm your host Savannah. So with everything going on in the world, I think it's really important that I use my platform to support diversity in all walks of life. Doesn't matter your age, gender, race, sexuality. Well, Now What is a platform that supports everyone. So that clip you just heard was Liliane Amorangi June, founder of Mumgri, delicious plant-based snacks using whole ingredients. In this episode. We talk about how being laid off from her previous job was a blessing in disguise and really gave her that push to start Mumgree. We also chat about the ins and outs of running a business on your own, from creating the product, the marketing, competitors, and how to get your product on the shelf. She does it all on top of being a full-time mom to a two-year-old. Lillian has a creative community of like-minded women of all ages with Mumgree. She is so sweet and I'm really excited for you all to listen. I'm here with Lillian Amarungi-Joon, founder of Mumgri. I absolutely love her brand and everything she stands for. Lillian's company, Mumgri started off with her experiencing a gap in the market with food as a young mother. So she created Mumgri delicious plant-based snacks using only the good stuff. She is a strong woman doing the work, supporting women in their own wellness journeys, and cultivating a community to talk about the real stuff. So before we start, I just want to express how excited I am to learn more about her and to give space on this podcast to support not only women-owned businesses, but also the Black Lives Matter movement. So Lillian, let's start before Mumgree. What was your dream job growing up and how do you think this has influenced who you are today?
1: My dream job growing up was to have my own business. I had no idea what it was going to be, what it was going to look like, you know, what I was going to be selling or or just passionate about in general, but I just was always interested in, you know, having my own company and so I set out to learn as much as possible in every single sector of business and um, dipped into nonprofit as well and just learned as much as I could, soaked in as much as I could from every single boss that I had, every single coworker, every single mentor, um, just took as much information as I could. Uh, over the course of about 10, 15 years. And then Mumgri just came about through my pregnancy journey and realizing that there was a big, big gap to be filled.
0: Right. And so did you attend university? And if you did, what did you study?
1: I went to college and I took marketing and I was a college dropout, so I, I left. But I took marketing and I really was attracted to it just because... I love ideas. I love figuring out how to, you know, share things with people in different communities. And and I just like to kind of examine um, sort of the the idea market and just being able to take something from being really small and making it really big. So I was always really attracted to marketing. And, and um, that's something that I have always sort of been passionate about. And it's been working pretty well with Mumgree. <laughs> yeah.
0: And I know before Mumgree, you had a, had a job at a tech company. So do you mind touching upon like, what was your role there?
1: So I was an HR. Um, so I was an HR business partner and I worked uh, for a big t- tech company. And it was actually during my pregnancy that the tech company decided to fold. And it was a really dramatic you know, turn of events. And at the same time, it was the push that I needed in order to start my business. Because I always had the concept of mumgree sort of lingering after I realized that it was something necessary. But without sort of being laid off and being told that, you know, now is fight or flight time, you got to figure things out. I probably would have just searched for another job. But finding out that, uh, that my job was going to be no longer during my maternity. And knowing that I had a bit of time left in my maternity, I took advantage of that time to focus solely on Mumgree. And I just told myself, if it doesn't work, then I'll go get a job. But I've got between now and the end of my maternity to make it happen. And it really just pushed me into the corner that I needed to be in. So
0: yeah. Yeah. And did you have any experience kind of like building a business or did you kind of just learn as you went when you um, started Mumgree?
1: I've helped a lot of other people with their businesses. So, you know, whether they're an artist or um, they have their own company, like I've, I've lent a lot of advice and I had my own little chai company, back home chai for a while. And that was sort of more of a hobby, but I, that was the most experience I had in terms of my own business. But I felt like I had so much experience with just sharing Information And it was just about convincing myself that I can, you know, do it for my own business and, and make it happen. And I think that a lot of the times when we have an idea, I think the greatest challenge is actually believing in it wholeheartedly. And whether that's having people around you telling you that it's a great idea or um, studying it to the point of knowing that it's going to work and creating a plan that's foolproof. I just feel like the number one thing that that has to be done is the belief part. You have to really, really, really believe in what you've got going.
0: Yeah. And did you get any funding when you started this? Did you get any love money from friends and family or how did you? (laughs) Nothing. Nothing at
1: all. I wish that would have been
0: great. (laughs) No, I I put it
1: all on the line. I took my severance and that was my money and that was it. I didn't, uh, I didn't have anything stashed away, no money under the you know, under the mattress or anything like that. Um, So I I pretty much rolled the the dice on life. And uh, yeah, it was a big risk.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's amazing. So do you mind taking me through the steps of like sourcing the ingredients to the packaging to the marketing? And like, how did you navigate those?
1: So the first thing was, when I was pregnant, I had a huge craving for peanut butter in general. And my gynecologist uh, had told me, you know, all the benefits of nuts and just how good they are for you in terms of natural protein and iron. And um, I was eating a lot of peanut butter. And as I was eating it, I was also very picky about it. So I started jotting down, you know, okay, I don't like the oil in it. I don't like that there's sugar in it. I don't like the texture of it. And I I started to really just nitpick. And then I got to the point where I was like, okay, what's going to make this taste great? And One of the things is my father loves eating nuts, but he only eats roasted nuts. And that's a big thing back home in Rwanda. Um, So my dad really likes roasted nuts. And I just thought to myself, okay, you got roasted nuts. And what happens if you just crush those up and you do nothing else with them? And that's sort of how that flavor came about of our smooth peanut butter. So it's very much just a simplified version of peanut butter with no nonsense and you know it took a lot of sort of learning around you know what makes peanut butter a certain texture and less oily and i found that you know if you really just slow down the process of making peanut butter then you're able to get a nice consistency and you don't get that half an inch of oil sitting at the top um so that that was a huge discovery for me and i just feel like once we had that down I, you know, my husband and I, we worked on the logo and we argued with each other probably every single night for about a year. <laughs> um, and when we finally got to the final design, it was just it was the biggest relief ever because it was it was really what we envisioned from the beginning. But um, it did take a lot of um, bickering and <laughs> a lot of uh, sort of just disagreement because. Um, his eye for design is very much straight lines and mine is more curved. And so combining those two sort of design styles was was a hard thing to do. But my advice for anyone that's, you know, designing a logo or anything like that is, you know, go with what your gut is telling you that it should look like and then bring in the designer and don't be, um, you know, don't be afraid of hearing what needs to change or how it can appear better or how it can be more legible because it's really just going to improve the overall look. And so by taking his his vision and my vision and combining it, we, we got it to a place that we really like it, so... Um, Yeah, don't be afraid of the arguments.
0: (laughs) Well, the arguments paid off because I absolutely love the branding. Like it stands out on a shelf, the pink, the red. Like I love the logo. So you guys did a really good job designing that.
1: Thank you. Yeah. That's the that's the other thing is I like bright colors, he likes dark colors. So (laughs) there's a lot of uh there's a lot of differences between our style.
0: Yeah. And what about now from day to day? Are you still doing the packaging or what's your main job now?
1: So my main job is just overall operations. So I have a roaster that I work with and my husband and I do pretty much all the operations together. Um, I take more of it uh, just because, you know, he's got other work that he's doing as well. So um, I'm doing everything from, you know, packaging and, and getting it out the door, marketing, uh, distribution. Uh, you know, we don't work with any distributor any agencies or anything like that it really is everything is done by us so that's that's pretty much my day-to-day is just the overall company operations which is quite a lot when you have a, a two-year-old coworker.
0: <laughs> yeah, i was gonna say how do you balance that with like i know you started and your um your son was a newborn and now so with a toddler a two-year-old that's very difficult so how do you balance running a full-time business like being at home as well
1: Well, COVID really changed the game. Um, Before COVID and, you know, quarantine and lockdown, it was a lot easier because we had grandparents help. And so when we had that support from grandparents, it just made it easier for me to consolidate my work and put it into, you know, a few days a week and then be able to have that work-life balance. But Now I'm in a place where I'm definitely not balanced and I'm working as hard as I can to become more balanced, but it's taken a lot of adjusting and just, you know, listening to myself and understanding that sometimes you just have to stop working and make sure that you're providing your family with the time that you need together. Um, but it, it is hard. It's, it's not easy at all right now. Um, you know, it's, it's, slowly getting better with, you know, us being in phase two, but it's, uh, yeah, it's definitely challenging. Number one thing is I, I like to give myself little rewards. This might sound crazy, but for instance, I'll be working. And if I'm, you know, in the moment I'm craving a spoon of pistachio chocolate almond butter, then I will tell myself that I have to get back to 10 more emails before I can have that spoon. And it's just sort of my work, work work, workout is what I call it um, in order to accomplish things because otherwise I can easily be distracted by a ton of things and I, I just sort of give myself these micro my goals in order yeah. to, to get to the next thing.
0: Yeah, yeah that's that's a great strategy. Yeah. And um, yeah, there's so many big players out there, especially with different kinds of plant-based nut butter. So how do you differentiate yourself?
1: I feel like ours doesn't, we, we put the mother diet first. And so as much as mumgree is for everyone and it can be enjoyed by everyone, we really do focus on what the mother diet requires. And so that's the difference between our brand and other brands. So we try our best to eliminate the things that might make a peanut butter taste really good, but aren't necessarily good for someone who's in pre-pregnancy, pregnancy, or beyond that. So I think that that's the biggest difference between ours and others, along with the fact that we've made a lot of little choices for our brand that sets it apart. For instance, we decided to go with glass um, because, you know, the amount of plastic use is something that, that I think about quite often. And I didn't want to have any type of product that was wrapped in, you know, a plastic uh, container. And so that was something really important to us. The other thing is that we try our best to provide you know, the product in its most fullest, wholesome form. And so we don't do mass production. We do small batches in order to put as much TLC as we can into every single jar. And so even when we're you know, shipping jars out to uh, some of our retailers, we're, we're checking every jar, making sure that everything is, is perfect. And I think that... For the peanut butters, um, it's so easy to make a thousand trillion peanut butters and put them out on shelves. And so you don't necessarily know that each of them has that amount of attention, but with ours, you know, rest assured, we are paying full attention to every single detail. Um, and we just, we care so much about what the consumers believe. And so... We have our podcast as a way to just have that conversation with people if they wanted to about our nut butters, but to also have conversations about other things that might be going on while you're eating your mumgree butters. And so it's just, it's something where we're really trying to not just be a peanut butter brand, but we're trying to build a community and be connected with people all over the world.
0: No, yeah, that's, that's awesome. And I know that your peanut butter is, or your snacks are in um, grocery stores. So how did you first reach out to um, get your product out there?
1: I, uh, I actually just walked in. I was, so prior to let's see here, 10 years, Uh, yeah, just over 10 years ago, I went to film school and I was an actor uh, and I sort of learned that skill of just confronting something head on and understanding that rejection is temporary and that, you know, the no might mean uh, a couple tears here and there, but it's not the end of the world. And so I actually um, did a cold cold message to uh, Larry's Market in North Van and told him about my product. And um, Ryan, uh, the owner, he actually contacted me right back and said, come by tomorrow. And so I dropped everything, walked into his store, had a meeting with him on the spot, and he accepted our product. And it was a huge, you know, I I don't even know if they'll ever understand how much that, you know, allowed me to have the confidence to go to the next shop. It just, it was a really sort of kind moment in my life and something that I i don't take for granted and that I'm so grateful for, because I think that a lot of companies just seem to understand that when you do say that yes, or when you do say that no, um, you could be really making a difference in someone's life. And he really uh, took that chance on my brand and it, and it opened up a whole bunch of doors. So Um, I think for anyone who's looking to put their product into a store, just walk right in. Because if if you believe that you have something good, another person is most likely going to have that same belief for your product as well.
0: Yeah, it's incredible. I love Larry's Market. I live around there and I love how much that they feature local products. So yeah, great to hear. Yeah. Yeah. They're great. Yeah. And um, where do you get most, where do most of your sales come from? Because I know that you have a website and you're in grocery stores and have you noticed that your sales have increased slowly um, or has it been like a quick turnaround within this last year? Uh,
1: Most of our sales come from direct to consumer, actually. Uh, We have a lot of sales through our retailers and it's fantastic um i mean I, if i can say anything that's probably our most consistent sales but our our direct to consumers is is quite great and i think that's just because we do focus a lot on building that connection with each of our customers and supporters and so uh that's that's the main area uh of yeah that's the main area where we get our most
0: And where do you see, cause I know that mumgree you've said it's like plant-based snacks and right now it's mostly um, nut butter. So where do you see, like, what's your vision, like down the line of what mumgree will become?
1: Oh, our vision is very dreamlike. Uh, It's, it's really to just create an entire collection of ready to eat, uh, delicious, plant-based, wholesome snack foods. So uh, right now on our vision board, it just says sky's the limit and each and every day we'll throw up a new idea and we'll just build off of it. And so there's a lot of, you know, bubbles and, and just circles and arrows and directions in which our company can go. But for the most part, our, our biggest focus is just to to build a, a huge selection of different snacks.
0: Yeah, that's great. And I know you touched upon your podcast a little bit, but I love to talk about it because obviously I love podcasts. Yes. So, I love your um,
1: podcast. Yeah, thank
0: you. <laughs> and do you mind just talking about the inspiration there and what your podcast is all about for people who haven't heard of it?
1: Yeah, so our podcast is the Mum Podcast, and it's available on all platforms, including Spotify and uh, iTunes. And the way that it kind of came about was my uh, best friend, Izzy, uh, she's a mother of two and a fitness guru trainer. And she is someone who I talk to all the time. And you know, when we have conversations, half the time we're just laughing and cracking jokes. And we always say to ourselves, you know, we should just record this. Like we should really just have this on uh, on record and share it with people because people will either think that we're crazy or they'll laugh along with us. And so we we took it upon ourselves to record a few of our conversations and we found them to be just fun and um and so we decided to create the Mumgree podcast. At first it was mostly for outreach and just getting the word out about Mumgree, but then it turned into this thing where we were talking about our parent experiences as well as our parenting experiences as well as things happening in the world. And so we've been able to dive into some pre- pretty serious subjects and um, it's great because it it opens up the conversation with everyone who's, you know, supportive of Mumgree, but anyone who's just into podcasts, um, being able to tune in and, and, uh, you know, share an opinion on some of the hottest topics that are out right now. So it's, it's definitely been a lot of fun, but it started off by just chatting on the phone.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And you're definitely building a large community. And do you find that obviously most of your um, customers and clients are moms or, um, is it kind of just a range of maybe young women?
1: I'm actually surprised it's, it's a range of young women and, um, or women of all ages, I would say it's, it's not, it's not, uh, exclusive to moms in any way. And I find that a lot of men tune in as well and, uh, relate to some of the subjects that we cover. And it's just, it's kind of evolved into something that we didn't really imagine, let alone plan for. And, um, yeah, so it's kind of had a, a weird organic growth, but it's, 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 yeah, it's not, only women, it's pretty much everyone, which is crazy. <laughs> we didn't we didn't know it would go in that direction.
0: Wow, well, that's great. And yeah, what's that main message that you want to communicate with your audience?
1: I feel like it's just so important to think outside the box. And I know that's super cliche, but I feel like it's really important sometimes to hear your own opinions and you know, don't be afraid of of thinking about. Things from your own point of view. Um, because a lot of the time we're looking at the internet, we're looking at things through social media, and we're sort of being told what to believe and what to see and what to understand and what is to be true. But I find that, you know, a lot of the times on our podcast, we are focusing on asking questions and we really just want everyone to interpret things on their own and and answer questions on their own. And so a lot of the time you'll notice that I'm asking Izzy questions and I'm not necessarily answering them myself. But it's just because she's she's almost like a soundboard, um, and she's just so intelligent, so funny, and so bright. And so she will ignite a conversation. And then what often happens is a listener will say, "Hey, I heard, I heard what you guys said about this, and my thoughts are, you know, X, Y, and Z." And then and then the next episode will come and. And they'll come back with more information and more opinion on on something that we talked about. So yeah, that's yeah. pretty much how that goes. And,
0: yeah. And last question is to wrap things up. Um, do you mind sharing kind of the biggest lesson that you've learned from either a fail chip or a hardship or just kind of anything that you've learned on your entrepreneurship journey?
1: Don't wait for other people to believe in you. That is the biggest thing in the entire world. I cannot stress it enough. Do not wait for that you know, icon, or, or whether it's your mom or your sister or your best friend, uh, there will be people who believe in what you're doing uh, that are not related to you in any shape or form. And so, it's really just important to believe in yourself and just you know stick with stick with your plan and 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 make it foolproof. Um, so that that's my biggest thing is just believe all the way. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, that's great. Well, thank you so much, Lillian. And I just, I love how candid you are about your journey becoming an entrepreneur and as a young mom as well. And you've really given not just women, but... Just kind of everyone a platform to express themselves and to learn and grow from one another. So, um, yeah, I'm just really glad I got to chat with you, and thank you so much again.
1: Thank you. I love your podcast and the concept. Everything. It's amazing. <laughs> I'm going to blast it because I just I love it. And it's and it really is um, a question that I've had well past you or well past college. The well now what is a question that I was asking myself right before my pregnancy and then right at that moment when i lost my job i was saying well now what so it really is uh
0: you know it's relevant for everyone and that was lillian amurangi june i highly recommend trying out her nut butters at mumgree.com and make sure to check out her podcast as well Please let me know what you thought of the episode in the review section on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next week.